Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Average African Kid Podcast. Have you missed me? I've missed you guys. Okay, so this has been over a year since, not over a year, close to a year since I started my NYSC, National Youth Service Corp program. It's been over a year since I learned what that NYSC actually meant, because I never knew. Yeah, so um, I wanted to give you an update, a complete update, a complete rundown of what NYSC has been like, and I realize there are many of you who are interested in getting into NYSC. Many of you are stuck at home during the strike. Um, Asu has another strike. <laughs> Bless your heart. Many of you are stuck all over the world looking for something to distract your attention from the crisis of Ukraine and everything about that. I'm not, I'm not adept enough to talk about that now, but I can tell you about the NYSC program and how much it has happened over the years so far. So, Starting from camp, camp was a great experience. And I remember you guys have well, done some episodes about the camp experience, me in camp, recordings of some interviews with some other people. You guys remember those episodes. I hope you remember them. Check them out again if you have forgotten them or if you have never listened to them before. So camp was a great experience. Three weeks of, um, of band, of marching, of, um, of groups, platoons. I was in platoon eight of different platoons, different sports activities different religious activities going to church going to the fellowship on campus um going to food the dining hall eating all kinds of meals some nice some not nice going to black uh, well, mommy market to go and buy some food some really nice indomie actually not haven't eaten that kind of indomie since i left camp i miss it a bit honestly it was nice it was lit yeah yeah so, yeah, the camp experience was really good. And it's so fascinating that it's over one year. It's not over. It's it's close to one year since I was in that camp. And, yeah, the NYC experience is already ending up. After I left camp, there was this time when everybody waited to get their posting letters. Everybody knew where they were going. And then you say goodbye to your friends. And surprisingly, I have not seen many of them in over a year now. I'm saying over a year. It's under a year. There are so many of my friends and colleagues I met at camp that I have not seen since I went to camp. And it's so funny because I thought that those who were posted to Delta State, those who did not redeploy, I would see, I would like travel, see them once in a while. But really, I haven't done any traveling to see them at all. And there's only a few of them are actually in contact with on the phone. But I know that some of these contacts are going to last a lifetime. Some of them are short-lived right now. Others are going to be longer range. Others are going to just be, wow, that was a cool person I met at camp. So have that in mind, too, because you're going to meet a lot of characters in camp, a lot of people, great personalities, some bad personalities, some really annoying personalities, some just laughable personalities, some very personable personalities and everything in between. And it was an experience. It was a time of my life. I enjoyed every minute of camp. Oh, yeah. I guess my highlight was um, being the the drama director, assistant drama director of um, the Platinum 8 when we won the whole thing, the whole drama system. That was really nice, the whole drama presentations. And um, yeah, leaving camp, you get to the point where you get your posting letter and you all leave camp and then you all go to your new places of assignment. 
I got to my school where I taught, where I am teaching. And what happened was that I got there and the school looked dilapidated and everything. But when I got into the copper's office, nobody told me anything about how, how things were. They were just like, oh, welcome. They all smiled. And then after like a week, people started complaining like, oh my God, this is a terrible place. But we didn't want to tell you guys because we want you to come and join us. I'm like, um, excuse me? <laughs> so yeah, that's how it started. Then I got teaching. I got started teaching. Students are really nice, but the problem is that they're 100 in the classroom. So in a government schools, they don't pay, um, at least in Delta State so far, they don't always pay you your state allowance. You get paid your 33K for sure. But you don't always get paid your state allowance, which is the other aspect of money. You're supposed to be getting 5K every month. So we didn't get paid that at all. If you feel sorry for me, <laughs> I know that you should feel sorry for me. But if you want to support the channel and send that 5K, hey, who am I to stop you? Or if you want to do some other things like um, use some links, um, if you want to become a patron to the channel or any other thing, any way you want to support, um, yeah, do so for the channel and everything. But we don't get paid our money for working in a school and it was okay because we just decided that we're going to teach from our hearts and um yeah we're just going to teach what we can and then leave the rest because we can't stress ourselves because we are actually not getting paid by the state to teach in their schools so it's actually very funny and we have fought this but until to no avail till now and School went on. I was teaching junior secondary, JS1, the most impressionable students because that's the first impression they get of you. Luckily, I started teaching, um, or should I say unluckily or luckily at the same time, I started teaching them in their third term. And when I taught them in their third term, what ended up happening was that I taught the third term and then I got to start all over again with a new batch of GS1 students. So by that time, I was my hands were stronger and I could teach these new GS1 students with some more firmness than I did with the last set because they will run you into the ground. Those kids are fearless. And if you don't give them a strong hand, they will mess you up. But yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say, folks. School's school's rough. School's rough at different points in time. But I started realizing something about this school system, about these particular students, that they are just students in a circumstance that they cannot handle because they are in a 100 student classroom where it's supposed to be at least 50 students or at most 50 students and nobody really cares about them. Their classroom environment looks terrible. So you don't expect them to behave any other way but the way the environment dictates. Um, there's this famous quote that you cannot change a person but you can change the environment in which they are and then that person will change. I think that applies to these students. Put them in a posh school and you see the transformation in their lives. And that's what I try to do. I try to give them a posh environment. I try to set a high bar for them, a high level expectation of what they should accomplish. And they lived up to it. And I can say they did live up to it. Um, in my few months teaching those just one students, I could see the spark in their eyes. And I'm so glad I got to reach some of them. I had to I was able to tell some of them about Jesus. I was able to tell them about my faith, about my stance and everything. And it's funny that none of nobody actually, actually have been incognito in my school. Not many, like one or two people actually know my background on what I studied, where I studied and everything about me. It's just something that I just keep to myself. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Many people talk about different things. I just smile and listen and nod. Yeah. But nobody really knows my story about all the things I've had to go through to get to where I am. And I like to keep it that way because then I can just make an impact without having to att attract attention to myself. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, and um, later on, I was moved on to senior secondary class because the teachers were not available. So they moved me up to an SS1 class to teach biology. And that's where I am right now, teaching this new set of students. And you could tell that they were hungry for something new. Like they're very um, rambunctious, if that's the word I'm looking for. But at the same time, the ones who want to learn, want to learn. The ones who don't want to learn, want attention. So I started realizing that the ones at the back want attention, the ones in front want attention. If I want to keep my class quiet, I have to go to the back and give the back attention. But if I want to make progress with my students, I have to stay in the front and give them attention. But the only damage there will be the, the class will be noisy. So I chose to do the latter and stick with the students who are in front, those who want to learn and ignore the ones at the back. I'm a core member. They don't respect me as much as they would a teacher with a cane. And if I start flogging students up and down people's children, I'm like, that doesn't accomplish much for me. If there was a teacher with me who had that authority to flog them, I would I would most respect that and let them do their job. But me, just a core member, I realized that I'm not there for too long. And this idea of flogging students is not the best way for me to approach this situation. Now, granted, if I become a teacher in somewhere i might i will use those techniques flogging because it, sometimes some students need need some cane but of course there's a degree that you flog that you degrade a human person which is also a different topic for another day but as a core member i left the cane alone after a while of trying it and i was like no for this ss1 students i'm gonna enter this class without a cane i never took a cane to class in ss1 but gs1 i had to because those guys were running wild and they were about to tear me to pieces if i didn't do that so this SS1, that's how it has gone. It has been great. I had a class with them where I just taught them about values in life, how to study, which I'm sure no one has ever taught them before. And I told them to take notes because this is the first and probably the last time you ever hear this lecture. And probably the only time in your life because no one else is going to tell you these things I'm going to tell you the way I'm going to tell you. And that was true because no one else has told me the way these things, the way my own father taught me these things. And that's the same way I taught them. And yeah, I could see the spark in their eyes. Hopefully... Um, these seeds last for a lifetime and I get to be 50, 60, 70 years old and then I meet some of my students that I taught while I was teaching in NYC and they're like, oh, uncle, 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 yeah, you taught us at that time and what you taught us shaped our lives for Christ, shaped our spirituality, shaped our educational experience and shaped our, our environment around us. Thank you very much. And also I forgot to mention that we did a very giant project for my CDS group what we ended up doing was we donated four whiteboards to the school. So basically, we, we partnered with some companies, um, with the um, legislative arm, with the hospital group, um, Christian Medical Center Hospital, and they helped us raise funds. They basically gave us the money to go to the schools and install whiteboards. So we installed four whiteboards in classroom, which was the first time in history that any group has come with four boards at the same time. And we just knocked out all the SS1 classrooms that I was teaching because I teach in SS1. So we knocked out all the SS1 classrooms and we took one to GSS1 classroom. So the school was very excited. The students were very excited. We were very excited because we had done something that had never been done. Um, we're still trying to figure out a way to document that. Um, yeah, but that was everything that we did that day. And it was great. And it was an excellent, excellent experience and everything. So in wrapping up the NYSC experience, it has been a very, very, um, like, like a painting. It's been a learning experience. And, and I can see the brush strokes in my life that this 
NYC experience has left on my life and I have left on my students and on my staff and everything like that. Like that. Uh, I've met some really incredible characters along the way. I've met some characters that I do not want to come across again. But yeah, you always meet those in life when you serve. And yeah, NYC, I would say, is a really great experience. Now, ideally for myself, I would have wanted to maybe go up, up north to the northern state of Nigeria and serve there for one whole year before coming back. I would have wanted to just disappear for a bit and try and make an impact in a new culture. But I see that I got to do that, even if it was closer to home for me. I have never been in the environment I was while in NYC, and I would never have had that opportunity to meet the kind of students I met if I did not serve during the National Youth Service Corps program. And I realized that, and I am very grateful for that, because now I know that the youth service exposes you to an area of the country, an area of life that nobody else would have ever been able to expose you to. So I am so grateful for my NYSE experience. And what I have to say to you who is about to get started into NYSE and those who are not going to do it, but who will grab some things from this talk in life, hold your ground. And I see this because everybody around me, the teachers... For one, they really tried to test test me. They tried to test most of us. They, 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 they will push you to try and make you do things for them that um, they're supposed to do. For example, they're supposed to teach their classes, but they'll push you to see how many classes you can take, how many days you can come, and how much you will do for them. And sometimes you just have to stand your ground and say, no, I'm sorry, I, I can't and I won't do this. Be nice about it, but learn to stick and hold your ground, especially in the school system, the public school system, they will try and take advantage of you, at least from where I am. They did try to take advantage of me many times. but And they will use the guilt trip that, oh, it's for the students. No, but you guys are getting paid to do your job. Do your job the way you're supposed to do your job. I will help, but do your own job. So um, also that applies to... Um, applies to other core members and everything. People will try and take advantage of you, but learn to stand your ground. Because um, there's this saying too, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Know what you can do. Know how many days you can work. Know how many hours you can put in. Know how much you can take before you end up saying no. And when you get to that point, say no. Say, sorry, I cannot do what you're asking me to do right now. This is all I can do. Take it or leave it. I'm going to leave. If you don't want it, I'm going to give it to someone else. So it's up to you to decide. And when you are firm on your ground, they will be pissed. They will be angry. Like, why are you saying over? But at the end of the day, believe me, they will respect you way more than someone who's a pushover that always says yes. I'm telling you this from experience because when you are a pushover and always says yes, you think you're the Mr. Nice guy, but you don't know that your value is decreasing. Oh, can you come and take this extra class? Can you come and take this extra thing? Sure, sure, sure. Yes, 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 yes. But when you stand your ground and say, hey, I have to work on my own um, projects I'm doing on this particular day. I can't come on this day. This is my schedule. Take it or leave it. Your value actually increases because they know that you are you value your time and then they will start valuing your time even if they don't let you know upfront because they are trying to still take advantage of you, if that makes any sense. But learn to value yourself, value your time, value who you are and also I say value your students, value your coworkers, value your supervisors, value everybody around you because you cannot just assume that someone is is not important. You cannot assume that someone has no value and just treat them anyhow. That's not how we work. That's not how we're trained. That's not how I was trained at least. So NYC has been fun. Um, NYC has taught me a lot. Um, 
if I was to start NYC all over again, I would say um, maybe take some more pictures and more videos during the process. Um, a bit secretive, a very secretive kind of person that doesn't really like to int- people to intrude into my personal life. Um, but I would say maybe take some more videos along the way in school and classes and see other things like that. I would say that would be a nice touch to have for the rest of my life. Um, and I would say, I would say make the memories, make the friends. When you're yet to travel for a camp, if it's in a different state, eat all the food. Honestly, I don't regret anything about my NYC experience. And I thank the Lord for helping me every step of the way. So I guess that that wraps up the NYC experience for now. This is the bubble. They will talk about the closing ceremony and everything, how that went and how that goes. And we'll talk about all that another day. But I guess we could stop right here, guys. So that is the NYC experience. And for those of you who are still still at a loss, you don't know what the NYC experience is, go check it out. It's a National Youth Service Corp program that runs in West Africa, Nigeria, Ghana, some other countries. And I know they have a similar program in Germany and, and the rest, where you have to work and serve the nation for a year before you get into your professional field. Okay, guys, thank you very much. This episode isn't sponsored by anybody, but yeah, um, I just I started designing wristbands for a while, for for a few years now, for five or six years. And I am just getting to the point where I can actually launch my designs and ship them all over the world so if you're interested in picking up one of my wristbands one of my bracelets and yeah you want to support the channel that way you want to support my work that way you go ahead and reach out to me on instagram at itseoba and from there we can connect and i can um basically get your measurements and send you a product that um you can say that, yeah, this is from the Average African Kid community. So, yeah, thank you for watching this episode. And, guys, appreciate you all. Stay blessed, stay safe, stay amazing.